Let's pray together. Lord, give us ears to hear whatever you would say to us this day. Speak freshly to our hearts. May your word find root there. And uh, may that seed grow and grow so we become more like you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for revealing yourself to us in your written word and in the living word, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I read an interesting story about a woman who uh, was a sleepwalker. And actually, that's not unusual because 30% of all adults in our country have sleepwalked. You're seeing to take a poll of the people here. I, I don't think I've ever sleepwalked, but some of you know what that's about. But this woman, uh, this particular woman, um, was a little bit unusual. Because she wasn't just getting up and getting dressed and walking around the house in her sleep. But this woman sent emails while sleeping. According to researchers at the University of Toledo, reported in Sleep Medicine Journal, of course I read that journal all the time, <laughs> a 44, this 44-year-old woman went to bed around 10 p.m. She got up two hours later. She walked into the next room. She then turned on her computer monitor, managed to uh, get into the Internet, even logged into her email account using her username and password. She then dispatched three emails, all of them weirdly formatted, a mix of upper and lowercase characters, odd content. And one of them read, Come tomorrow and sort this hellish mess out. Dinner and drinks, 4 p.m. Drink wine and caviar only. This woman was completely unaware of her late-night emailing till the supposed guest called her the next day to confirm the invitation. She had no memory. She had no history of sleepwalking actually before or any sleep-related disorder as a child. She was completely shocked when she was shown the emails. Now, there have been a, a case of sleepwalkers who have uh, played musical instruments and who painted, cooking, and believe it or not, even driving in their sleep. That seems pretty weird to me, but apparently that's the case. But turning on a computer, typing in the correct login, and composing emails in one's sleep displays, according to the researchers, complex, coordinated cognitive behavior that's highly unusual, perhaps the first of its kind. It's pretty amazing, isn't it, how uh, people can be engaged in uh, this kind of high-level activity and yet still be asleep. We can imagine how that can lead to some pretty bizarre behaviors and how it could be hazardous to one's health uh, no, let alone the, the well-being of other people, right? 
So as I read this, I couldn't help but see something of a spiritual parallel here. For there are some folks who are simply sleepwalking through life. They may be engaged in all kinds of complex, coordinated cognitive behavior. They eat and they drink and they work and they play. They think and plan. They live and love. And they send and receive emails. But they are spiritually asleep. Sleep, that is, the great reality of God and, and to uh, the eternal perspective that God would give. These are sleepwalkers who are perhaps, you know, these people actually may be alive to, uh, you know, the things of the flesh and to the material world, but dead to the world of the Spirit and to the salvation that God would bring. And that's dangerous to one's spiritual health. So now it can happen actually to you and to me, churchgoers, though we may be. God can find us sleeping, spiritually tuned out, going about our business, going through our daily routines without paying any attention to the reality of God's existence. In fact, it's very possible for us to sleepwalk right through the seasons of Advent and Christmas, and if we're not, that is if we're not careful, and then we can miss the deep meaning of the season and the joy that he would bring. Even the wonderful traditions that we have this time of year, uh, you know, the, the uh, decorating and the, and the baking and the partying can all lull us to, to sleep. You know, here we go again, another year, get all this stuff out, you know, without thinking about the meaning of the traditions that we follow. But the question is this, will you and I be ready when he comes? Will he find us alert and awake to his presence? Or will he find us sleepwalking, going about our business, going through the motions, observing our wonderful traditions, but fundamentally dead in the spirit? Our scripture lessons this morning can be summed up in two words. Sleepers, awake. I was, I was thinking of Bach's famous piece called Sleepers Awake. Or in other words, wake up. In our gospel lesson, Jesus teaches about his coming again at the end of time. And so we read from the gospel of Luke. Jesus says, be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve and will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. The coming of Christ will be like a bridegroom coming back from his wedding. Chances are the bridegroom would be in a really good mood and may well share his joy with his servants, treating them to dinner and to drinks, perhaps even 
serving them at the table. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. To be asleep when he comes, however, is to miss the joy. In fact, more than that, it is to experience judgment. Because those servants who are asleep are kind of like thieves in the house, taking advantage of the master's goods in his absence. So today, we mark the beginning of Advent. The word Advent means coming or arrival. Advent is a spiritual uh, time of preparation for the coming of Christ. We look back to his coming 2,000 years ago, and we look forward to that day when he comes again sometime in the future. We do not know the date or the hour, right? But when he comes, all wrongs will be righted. He will bring in a kingdom of justice, uh, the, the, the wolf shall lie down with the lamb, and swords will be turned into plowshares. And on that day, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. On that day, all creation will finally uh, be completed and find its fulfillment in him. And all will be light and joy and peace. The kingdom of God will come one day in all its fullness, and we can look forward to that. And so with the early church, we pray, Maranatha, which means, Lord, come, come quickly. But we can also look forward to his coming into our hearts at Christmas, bringing his joy and the promise of new life. And we can look forward to his coming this day in our worship as we sing together, as we experience the Lord's table together. As we pray, and as we leave these doors, and as we meet various people and, and uh, encounter different situations in our life, our Lord is always, in a way, coming to us. So whenever He comes, and however He comes, will He find you and I awake and alert? Or will we have missed the joy that He came to bring? Now, the Lord knows our tendency to to spiritual dullness. We all tend to be spiritually asleep. Asleep to the realities of life. Asleep to the presence of God. To all the blessings and joys that are ours. We're not unlike the servants in the parable. And I fear what too easily we fall asleep when we ought, to be keep, we ought to keep watching for the coming of the Master. And if it makes us feel any better, uh, it was Peter and James and John who fell asleep. If you remember the story, after the Last Supper, Jesus knew the end was near, that he was about to suffer. He called for Peter and James and John, the big three, right? Big three disciples, to come out into the garden with him, to watch and to pray, to be with him in his travail. Jesus went off to pray, and, and he came back and found Peter, James, and John asleep. It happened again and again and again. And finally, Jesus, in just total frustration, says, can't you guys stay awake for one hour? What am I going to do with you? Be alert. Don't you know what's about to happen here? A momentous thing was about to happen. God was powerfully at work in the events about to transpire, and yet the, the disciples were totally oblivious to it all. They all just, they just snored away. The devil would like nothing better than for Christians to fall asleep. 
He loves it when God's people sleepwalk through life, paying little attention to God, to the presence of God in their life. The tempter doesn't have to tempt us with all kinds of worldly pleasures. He simply has to make us drowsy. In fact, it's the devil who says, Blessed are the drowsy ones, for they shall soon drop off to sleep. The Lord says, Wake up! Wake up! Be alert and watchful. I'm coming soon. Blessed are those who are awake when the Master comes. The Apostle Paul issues a kind of wake-up call for us, especially as we enter this holy season. He says, The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Apostle Paul says, wake up. The Lord is coming. I like Eugene Peterson's modern rendition of this verse we just read. Here's wise counsel for the, for the Advent season. He says, make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day -day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn's about to break. Be up and wake to what God is doing. That's the message of the sermon, actually. I should have just read that and quit. <laughs> wake up, especially during this season, this holy season. It ought to be holy. And not just, you know, a, a, a consumer frenzy, right? So what can you and I do to become and to be more spiritually alert? What qualities ought we to cultivate in order to be wide awake to what the Lord is doing? And it certainly has a lot to do with, with expectancy. Watching and looking for God to do a new thing in our lives. We should expect God will actually show up. God actually will change our hearts if we let Him. You and I will need to listen more and to watch more and to look for Christ to come to us in ways we may not even expect. I like the words of, of, uh, of Ann Weems, who says, Is it all sewn up, my life? I mean, is it at this point so predictable, so orderly, so neat, so arranged, so right, that I don't have time or space for listening for the rustle of angels' wings or running to stables to see a baby? Could this be what he meant when he said, Listen, those who have ears to hear. Look, those who have eyes to see. Oh, God, give me the humbleness of those shepherds who saw in the cold December darkness the coming of light, the advent of love. I hope this Advent Christmas season will not just be another predictable round of activity, but it will actually have spiritual depth for you. 
then you'll go deeper into the meaning of the season and have a greater appreciation for what God has done for you in Christ. That's what it's all about. Not about shopping on Amazon, right? Expectancy. Look for God to show up. Listen and look. Ponder anew the story of Christmas as told in Scripture. Read more. Read the story. Find some quiet time. Read the story in Matthew and Luke. Mark begins with John the Baptist. John begins with the Word, the Word that becomes flesh. They all have their different perspectives, but it's beautiful and enriching. Attend worship with God's people during this holy season. You're here today? Great. That's good preparation. You know it. Listen to Christmas music with an ear towards developing a great appreciation for all that God has done for you. Come to the cantata next week. I mean, uh, man, that's it. The story is told in ways that people can grasp. Got a full orchestra, a great choir. You all ought to be here. Continually seek God's perspective on life. Ask what it means for you to be more spiritually alert. But one thing is for sure, being spiritually awake does not mean just passively sitting around and expecting God to come to you, right? A new day is dawning. And you and I are called to live this day, and we are called to live the Christmas message, sharing His love in word and deed with those around us. Those who are spiritually alert are those who are sensitive to the needs of others. And they are doing something to meet those needs in the name of Christ. The spiritually awake are those who are busy about the task that God has given them to do. We're called to be servants of others. We serve God by serving others. Will you and I be found faithful? As the Apostle Paul put it, again in a more modern version, we can't afford to waste a minute, must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Clothe yourselves with Christ Jesus. Clothe yourselves with His righteousness and His grace and His love. Will He find us faithful? Will He find us walking in the light, going about His business? Or will He find you and me sleepwalking through life, oblivious to everything but our own needs and our own desires. Oh, that we would be wide awake when the Master comes. Blessed are those servants whom the Master finds awake when He comes. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, we confess our own spiritual dullness. We confess that a lot of the time we are simply oblivious to what you're doing in the world, oblivious to what you've done and are doing in our lives. We are not sensitive enough to your spirit. 
We've been too full of ourselves. So, Lord, man, open our, open our eyes to see you. Open our hearts to love you more. Open our minds that our minds may be full with the knowledge of your love. And then help us to live for you. Help us to live Christmas. Dress us with your own character so that we might be more like you. Lord, we don't want this season to be just another typical season where we go through the motions. But we expect you to show up in a mighty way. You're doing a new thing in our lives, Lord. Transform us from the inside out. Again, that we might look more like you. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for Advent. Thank you for coming to us time and again. Lord, help us to be ready when you come. To you be all the praise and glory. Amen.